I knew it. I knew that the worship team would um, sing those songs and that, um, that it would get me. Uh, because truly, in the heart of all that's been going on, um, the, the place that I've, I've, I've lost it the most is in the car listening to worship music. Because um, there's so much thankfulness that I have for a God that doesn't leave us in the heart of trauma. For a God that is... Um, that walks with us and, and says, says I'm, I'm going to give you the strength, and I'm going to give you the people, and I'm going to surround you with the love. There's a, there's a, um, and, I've, and I've held on to that. There's a, there's a, a psalm. It's, it's Psalm 92. He says, He is the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. And, uh, and that's, that's exactly where... Um, Jackie and I and, 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 and Abby and Maggie and Ella and Jack and Justice and, and M. that's where we, and Bryn, we got to forget Bryn and Dean, that's where we sit, that's where we sit together, in a confidence that God is with us. Um, if I haven't met you, I'm Bill Stevens, I'm the, um, thanks Beth, <laughs> some nice Omni Hotel Resort napkins, that's going to chafe my nose. <laughs> you couldn't find softer ones. <laughs> Beth, you're awesome. Beth, by the way, that woman is heroic. She has, she and the rest of the staff have allowed Jackie and I to um, process and, and go through it, and they have taken the, that side of it, which is an enormous side of it, which is all of us in the church, and um, I can't thank them enough. They just, they pushed it away from me. My twin brother came down, and he was my admin assistant, and, and Beth and John are now working together, and, and I guess he's now in charge, because um, they didn't let me know anything that was going on. They, yesterday, when the cleanup was happening, people would ask me, and I'm going, I have no idea. They, they didn't let me know anything. Um, before I share a little bit about just, uh, just our reflections on this, I can't help but think, you know, one, we're in this, this hotel, in this room, and eight years ago, this is where we started. In this room, the stage was right here. We started here. And, and Jim and I thought that there'd be 75 people that would show up, and we set up 75 chairs in this front section that you can see where the different dividers are. And, and we looked out the window. I'll never forget my, my son and I, I, I grabbed Jack, and I looked out the window, and I said, it feels like Field of Dreams because there was just a bunch of cars that were coming in. And we ended up breaking down the walls, and 300 people were there on that first Sunday. The next week, there was only 150, so I, didn't, I don't think I preached very well on the first one. <laughs> but, um, but that was the beginning. Jim and I cried in the back on that. This stupid room makes you cry. Um, that we, we cried in the back because we, we felt like that was the beginning of feeling um, God's provision and His hand on, on this church. And, um, and I, I feel that today. I, I, that was the beginning of our, of, of our vision of a church that would love the way Jesus loves, and a church, that would, um, a church that would recognize the need and respond to the need, and, and recognize that we're not a club that we're going to stick together in this little room, but we're going to actually bless the heck out of a city. And you guys have all done that this week, and, and I couldn't be more proud of, of our church. There's this strange Old Testament, um, it's not strange, it's actually really cool, this, this, uh, the, the story of Esther and, and uh, 
her uncle sat with her at one point, Mordecai did, and said, you are, you, are, you are placed for a time such as this, in this moment, in this place, for a time such as this. And, and you guys, come on, are we not placed for a time such as this right now? That fire burned on both sides of us, on the Superior side, on the Louisville side, and around our building. The, I could not believe the picture that Molly took of a, of a truck that was in our loading dock there at the Sam's Club that was totally gone, which means that fire was at our door. We are placed for a time such as this. God has set us up. God has, God has, has helped us to exercise the muscle of care so that we would care for this community in this time. And so... You have put your hand in the middle by being a part of a scent that said, I'm going to help other people and we're going to bless a community. And so know that that's our marching orders the Lord has given us and he has put us in the epicenter of this to meet the needs of our community. And so while we all uh, process ourselves and what we're all going through, that's the marching orders for us and we're going to do it. We're going to bless this community. So our thank- I'm thankful for what the Lord has done in this church, and I'm thankful for what, he's, what his, 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 his blessing on us in the tragedy, in, this, in all of what's going on. Um, I'm gonna, I didn't know what I was going to do today, and, and then, you know, my, my brother and my staff and Jackie, they just said, just speak from your heart. You know, it's, it's that passage that says, we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we weep with those who weep. And all God's saying there is share life with each other. Don't, don't go off in your corner. Share life with each other. And, uh, and so they just said, you know, just share your heart on what, what, what you've been going through. We're in this together, so just get, share it. And, and so I said, okay, I'm going to do that, but on, on, with two conditions. One, this isn't about me or Jackie or our kids or our family. This is, there's a, a, a lot... My story will only represent lots of stories that I know are in this room. I've talked to you. And so, um, so I hope that, that as I just unpack some of, of, of what we've been going through, you just hear that's a version of what uh, over a thousand families are, are going through as they have, have gone through this loss. But then also uh, the second condition is I need to make sure that every one of you here that we see you and your pain too. Just like Chris said, everybody in this room has, has been affected by this. And, there's, there's, and, and it's no small thing. Things like trying to figure out how to get back in your home and wondering if that smoke damage is going to hurt your lungs, that's a big deal. And people's houses, that, that when they shut off the electricity, their pipes burst, that's a big deal. And people that come back to your neighborhood and the rest of your neighborhood might not even be there, I see you in that. I know that there's a lot of you that are going through a lot of survivor guilt right now. And that is, that is real. That is those moments where you sit there and say, why was my house spared and the house across the street wasn't? That's real. And we have to validate our emotion in that. But I also want to tell you as somebody that um, lost a home, for any of you that are feeling that way, just know that we celebrate that yours, yours didn't. We absolutely, and I don't say that because you're supposed to or because I'm a pastor and I have to. I say that because when my next door neighbor across the street came up to me in tears and gave me a hug and, 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 I, and they said, I don't understand why my house stayed up. 
I, I just told her, I am so happy that yours did. It's, it, that's the way we feel. And, and so you just need to know that. Know that, please. Um, I can't take away that survivor's guilt, but anytime we ever hear the word guilt, that's, that's not from the Lord. It's more of, of conviction of what we do. And I actually believe the survivor's guilt is just a sign of your compassion. I think that's what it is. And you just are, your compassion is pouring out on the people that have lost something across the street from you. That's just your compassion. And that's from the Lord. So I don't like the name survivor's guilt. I just think you're, you're feeling that compassion. And then the Lord is probably saying, so what do we do with it? Where do we go with that compassion? So, so just know that, okay? So I'm going to, um, today, I don't even know, you guys, I tell you what, brain fog in the midst of trauma is real. I have missed so many exits. I was driving down to Denver and going, wait a minute, I'm going the wrong direction on 36. I've lived here for 22 years. And I was lost on 36. It's real. So I have no idea. You guys, I truly wrote some notes. And, and I'm going, I just told Beth before I came up here, I don't even know. I have no numbers on them. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. But we're going to, I'll share. And, and in the end, here's the, here's the goal in the end, if there's a goal. We share life with each other. And that we have a hope in a really good God. That's that's. If you walked out of here and just go, you know what, God meets us in the trauma, then that would have been a really great Sunday, okay? So, so I'm going to pray for us, and, and, then, uh, and then we'll just dig in. I'll share a little bit of the story. Father, um, we thank you for this time, and God, please help me not to ramble and go on way too long, because there's kids downstairs that are going to need to get out. So um, just bless this time. It's a tender time for a lot of people in this room, and, uh, and so I, I pray that you would bless this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to start with this, um, and, and this might sound terrible, and you might never come to ascend again after I say it. <laughs> okay. um, when, I see, when I see like hurricanes or tornadoes that happen in the world, it, the, the, there's a couple of thoughts that, that come to your mind when you see it. You know, you, you see, you see the, the, the devastation that happens, and, and, you know, as, as a pastor, of course, I go to Scripture first. And, and Scripture, you know, it says, you store up treasures on, 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 in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy versus storing up treasures on earth where moth and rust do destroy. And as it turns out, fires destroy it too. And, and so I, I think of that, that passage. It's just treasures on earth. We've got treasures in heaven over here. This is just treasures on earth. I think of that passage. And then I also, and this is... I know this is bad, but I also think, and they have insurance. <laughs> I know it's, 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 and there's something that I've realized in this last week, how there's an insensitivity in me that that's the, what are the, the so tre, those are just treasures on earth and they've got insurance to cover them. They're going to be fine. That's, that's the, that's the thought. And then you realize, wait a minute, these are, these are treasures that we have been built up that are heavenly treasures that we have that, that pull on our heartstrings and you just go, oh, oh, there's far more than my golf clubs are gone. Although that's a heavenly treasure, there's far more than my golf clubs are gone. And you start realizing that Sarah Lagadros, Chris Lagadros is our high school middle school pastor and Sarah sent something to me and I don't even have it with me. So I, hopefully it's on the screen. She sent me this, um, this thing. It was a, it was a, a, a book that was written, I don't even remember what, Every Moment Holy, 
really interesting book. I'm gonna, she bought it for us. And she sent, listen, listen to, to how they describe the, these heavenly losses. We're shaped by, the, and I might not get through it. We were shaped by this place and by living of our lives in it, by conversations and labors and studies, by meals, okay, by meals prepared and shared, by love incarnated in a thousand small actions. that became as permanent as a part of this structure as any nail or wood or plank of wood. Our home was to us like a handprint of heaven. It was our haven. And now we're displaced and faced with the task of great labors, not to move forward in this life, but merely to rebuild and restore what has been lost. Every moment holy, that's the book that was written from. When she sent that, I'm going, oh my gosh, that just flat described it. That I was talking to Maggie about it, and I, my daughter, and I said, Maggie, will you, I said, read that for me, because she was in a car, and I said, just read it out loud, because I want to hear it again, and she goes, she read the first line, she goes, Dad, I can't read this, <laughs> and then she said, you know, it's not the couch that I'm going to miss, it's the living room. And that's what pulls at our heartstrings, and that's the loss. And, and so, so we grieve it. And, and we've been in a roller coaster ride with it. We go through the roller coaster where you're, cry, you're, you're in the car and you just dive and you just cry. And the poor person next to you looks over and goes, oh gosh, what in the world? But they know. Everyone knows in our community. But you go through those and then you laugh at the, at the worst thing. You laugh at things that you shouldn't be laughing at. And, and we, I can't even tell you some of the stuff because you would just go, that's just appalling that you would laugh at that. But we call it our household now, not our house home. So I know that's awful. See, we have to do it. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry. So we've got to laugh. I went into a Best Buy, you guys. I went into a Best Buy to just try to figure out what something, you know, do you have an Alexa? Is that even a thing? You know, I'm, I'm like, and, and, and I didn't know what to do. I, didn't, I went aisle to aisle, didn't know what to do. And so, Maggie, you got that for me? This is all I bought. It's all I bought. For any of you guys under the age of 40, you have no idea about this reference, but have you guys seen The Jerk? You know when Steve Martin walks through his house and he says, all I want is this lamp and this dog, and that's all I need, and this paddleboard, this lamp, this paddleboard, and this dog, and that's all I need. I am in line at Best Buy holding this and going, it's all I need. This, I don't even, I think it's a mushroom. You got to laugh. Jackie yesterday got a call from HelloFresh. It's a, because we do this little delivery thing once a month for just to try a meal. And it was our turn to get it delivered to our house. And the lady says, hey, can, we're do, doing our delivery today. And Jackie says, um, I don't have a house. It burned in the fire. And she goes, okay, I, 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 am I getting this straight? You're not going to be there. Can we leave it on your porch? And Jackie says, we don't have a porch. It's gone. And she goes, oh, okay. Can you wait out in front of your house? And when they get there, we'll just, you can just get it from the delivery person. No joke. And this is the way it ended. Will you stick on the line for a survey of how I did in this conversation? How can you not laugh or you'll cry? You'll cry. 
the only way I'm going to frame this is loss, love, and uh, rebuild. That's the only thing I could remember. <laughs> I'll talk through the loss a little bit. Um, we, were, we were in Spokane, Jackie and I and Maggie and Abby, and, um, and really our whole family was in Spokane and, um, with my parents. And, and I got a text from Sherry King that said, that said, Bill, they're evacuating Superior. And we said, what? He said, yeah, there's a fire a, a little ways away. So then we called M- Michaela Kyle, who's a, our college student, and the Kyle family are heroes of ours, true heroes of ours. Michaela was watching our dogs, and, uh, and she said, it's getting really smoky here, and they're evacuating the neighborhood. And so we said, okay, get out. Just go. Just, you know, her dentist went over and picked up Michaela, and they had their, some of their stuff. They grabbed Michaela. They grabbed our dogs. They grabbed our parakeet, which, um, okay. Um, LAUGHTER um, that's so bad. I'm so, I told you, I told you, there's a lot of other churches out there. You're going to want to go there. Um, but they grabbed our dogs and, and they left. And here's the deal, you guys. And I think a lot of you felt this way too, with the evacuation. It was precautionary. It, it, we were looking at, we've gone on the news and, and, and the fire was north of us blowing northeast. And so we were thinking our church is in danger and all of our friends in Louisville are in danger, but it's not going to come south. It's blowing 100 miles an hour north-northeast, and it's north of us. So it's not coming our way. So we watched the news, but then, but then as we watched it, it started to come down that, that west side of McCaslin south. And then it jumped the road east to the open space behind our house. And, and we're watching this little sliver of orange, tiny little sliver of orange, in Rock Creek, and we're going, oh, no, 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 this is hitting Rock Creek. This was supposed to stay on the west side of McCaslin. And so now it got more intense, and my, all my nieces and nephews, I, pull, I, I just ruined their Christmas. They're all around it, just watching, and, and, and the four of us are on the couch with my mom, and she's in tears already because she cries at anything, not like me. And she, she, so we're, we're there, and we're, we're, we're watching this orange sliver come in, and, and and we're trying to figure out, Rock Creek, every, all of our houses look the same, so you can't figure out where you're at. So, so, we, so it comes down, and we, we see it getting into that open space, and we're going, that's, that's our neighborhood. And then it caught Ajax Court, and we're going, that's Heather's uh, cul-de-sac. And then it kept coming down, and it caught the trees and the fence, and, it, and we're going, that's Lonnie's house, and that's Ming's house, and, and we're across the street from Ming's house, and we're going... There's no way. There's a picture of the fire. You guys have seen a thousand pictures of the fire, but there's a, we think that this is our neighborhood and that this first section down the bottom was Ming's and theirs, and the next section up is ours. And I think that that might be my daughter's brand new car that she bought um, in the driveway there. And, and then the, the behind us, would, I, we think that's probably Bristol Street where a bunch of their houses went up too. And it was gone. You kind of still held out hope that maybe it survived, and you can take the picture off. Yeah, maybe it survived, and then uh, um, John, my very, very good friend, John Saval, um, hiked in that night illegally, you know, because everyone's sneaking around the neighborhood, and, um, and he just said, Bill, it's gone, and I just, John knows me so well, and Sonny knows that he, he can just be as matter-of-fact as he knows I need him to be in that moment. He said, it's gone. Your, your house is gone, so... So we knew it was confirmed that night. Jackie and I went to bed that night in tears, and, and we just prayed. We prayed mostly for the hearts of my daughters, and, um, 
what they're going through, um, it's it, you know. So we first think there and and just just how how in the world are they processing this? How are we processing it? Um, the next day. Jackie and the girls went to Seattle with my sister and my sister-in-law, Andrea, and, and John, and so Andrea just took care of them, and then John, my twin brother, came down with me, and, um, and he flew down, and, and um, which is, so he came down with me, and then, and then he just walked with me through it. The next day, we went to the house, and um, and we looked at, I think I got a picture of the house. This is, uh, uh, this was a couple of days later when we started to dig into the house, but we, we went to it and it was just, just like most of you that have lost your homes, you know, it's just straight ash. It, it burns so hot that it's just straight ash. So there's, there's nothing, there's nothing there. And, um, and so, so, you, you know, you dig through it and I'm holding up a cup, you know, it's a Starbucks mug. Maybe I'll get free Starbucks for a year or something with that, but... <laughs> But there's just nothing. It's ash. It, you kind of have that picture that you're going to find all these gems, but it ends up just being ash in there. And, and um, you know, we held out hope that maybe some pictures, maybe some pictures survived because we, we had no pictures, none of our, none of our movies, none of it um, came out of the house. And so we, so, we, um, so we looked and looked right around that corner. It was where all the photo albums were at, and John and Chris Lagadros went down there, and they started digging out of that area, and they found all the three-ring binder rings, um, but none of the pictures. So, and then I was, you know, the DVDs were in a um, Tupperware, or like in a plastic storage bin, and I thought, I don't think that storage, plastic storage bins survive that. So um, we knew that we had lost that. Um, we had a fire safe. Uh, Jackie bought it two months before this, and, and, uh, and I said, we don't have $250 for something we'll never use, is what I said to her. I just thought, come on, Jackie, we don't need a fire safe. And so what did we put in it? We put in it the things that my parents told us to, to, to really be careful of and save, your passports and your, um, and your birth certificates. As it turns out in 2022 now, you can get those pretty easily. So <laughs> if you guys are stuffing your passports in your freezer, take them out. You can get them back. We put those in there. Go home today, and if you have a hard drive of your videos, or if you have, just stick those in there. Let me just stick those in there and take the papers out. You'll get them tomorrow. You'll get your, get your birth certificates back. We still haven't even found that fire safe. We think it melted, so, and buy a better fire safe. Okay, 250 isn't going to be enough to buy a fire safe. <laughs> so we dug through it all, and, and here's what I've concluded from it, and i got to keep going, you guys. Here's what we concluded from it. Um, there's three different levels, and, and I tell you this because you are all extending care to people, and so I hope, I hope this helps you in your extending your care to people. There's three different levels that we're feeling. The first level is the acute pain of, the, of pictures, videos, and Jackie's wedding ring. That's the, that's the acute pain where you just go, you can't get those back, and they're gone. And, and so you, thinking through that, because we were, we were video, we would video stuff back before the stupid phone stopped everyone from all of our generation from videoing. And back when you had the camcorder, we videoed everything. And so to think all of those memories are gone. Is it's so painful that you just put that one aside. You can't go there because it's too painful. And then you got that. So that's level one. Level two for for us, at least, we've experienced is 
is the other things that are part of those heavenly treasures that you start thinking about. The letters that you wrote, that I wrote to Jackie when we were dating, you know, the journals that you wrote through, if, if, you, if you're a journal keeper, all the journals, you know, any of the books that you wrote in and in the margins, you know, I lost all those. So my sermons are going to stink because I have no more references that I have for all my books are gone. Um, but, but, you know, you think about the, the, the things, I mean, Maggie and Abby have made lists of what they've lost and, and, um, and Maggie started reading hers and I'm just going, stop, give me one a day. I can't take 20. I need one. So that's a next level of pain that, that, that you just start thinking of something and, and our family's response is, oh, it was, I don't even know what it is. That's what we do. So they'll say something like, oh, my, my jersey when I played football when I was a kid. You know, we just do that because that's the way we, or we will really cry. Um, that's the next level. And the third level is just the sheer, um, over-the-top, overwhelmed feeling of rebuilding. It's, a, it's amazing to think, and I never put myself in this place, amazing to think what it's like if you've lost everything. You don't have a toothbrush. You don't have, you don't have anything. And so that part is over the top. Oh, oh, it's that, that part, for those of us that have lost it, I'm right there with you. We're going to start a support group once a month and say, how'd you do at Walmart this month? So, Because um, I went into Walmart on that first day with John. And, uh, and, I, and he stayed out of the car. I went in. I got just a pair of boots to go into, to go into my, my house, to, to hike into the house. And, and as I'm coming out with those boots, I just started weeping in the, in the Walmart uh, self-checkout line because we needed something from every aisle. And we're going, I, I, I need something all over this store. And it was so overwhelming that... that uh, that I lost it, and I called Jackie, and Jackie was at Target, and she had the same feeling of just feeling just overwhelmed. She was in tears, too. In fact, my niece took this picture of Jackie at Target up in Seattle. <laughs> that is, um, and, and, and Allie sent that down to me and John and said, sometimes you just need to stick your face in a, in a pile of squishmallows. <laughs> That's the real deal, you guys. That's the way each one of us that have lost a home, a thousand, that each, that's, that's what you feel. And then you leave with nothing or one thing or a stupid thing, and you just go, wow, it's real. So that's, 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 that's the, the loss and the loss that we're feeling. I, and, and it's really interesting how the overwhelmed feeling you have to deal with. Those, that middle one, it just comes at certain times, and you just kind of break down with it. And that first one, you just don't even, don't even think about. Moving on to love. I, I, you read the Bible all the time in, in my position, and you, you read, as Jesus said, man, you... When I was without clothes, you, you clothed me. When I was without food, you fed me. When I was without water, you gave me something to drink. And he pointed out to everybody saying, that's when you saw somebody else like that, that's what I, how I want you to respond. And we have felt it. 
the response of the people in here, this church family, the response of folks from a long time ago, the response from people we didn't even know, Stuart and Paige from Georgia and people I have never even met there that respond, John and Andrea from Gig Harbor, people I've never met before that respond, my little brother Tom and their family in Oregon, people I've never met before respond. It's, um, it's truly the way Jesus wants us to live life, you guys. I don't, I don't want to turn this into a public statement, but I tell you what, I think we could do a lot better than we've been doing over the last couple of years. And, and this is the way that Jesus wants us to respond. With just sheer, no hesitation love for each other. And that's what you guys have been doing, and it, it inspires me because it tells me at the core, underneath all the stuff we've been seeing, is people that really, truly love the way Jesus wants us to love. And I'm a recipient of that. I've talked to a lot of the folks that have lost their homes, and they've said the same thing I have. It's really hard to receive care. It's super hard to receive care because, because we're people that might give it, but to receive it or to ask for it, that's, that's painful. It, it, to, to, to go, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what, when someone offers me something, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. You want to deflect it to somebody else, but then you know you need it. So it's really, it's really hard to receive it, and, but I know we need to. My older brother pulled me aside when we were in Spokane and said, Bill, you got to learn how to ask for help right now because you're going to need it. Um, you need the people that are super close too. John... Um, John was going to leave this last week, and, and I said to him, I said, John, I'm going to do what Mike told me to do. He said, I, if you need help, ask for it. And I said, will you please stay? He's an insurance agent up there in Seattle, and so he's, he was, he's been able to talk to a lot of folks about what to do with your insurance stuff, which has been super helpful for you and for me, too. I just give him, when my, the appraiser person calls, he just answers the phone for me. But to have that person that when you walk out of Walmart that says, I'm going to let you cry, but then I'm going to help you stand up. I mean, that's, there was this moment where Moses is standing there, and they're in this battle, and when his arms were raised, the people of Israel were successful, and when his arms would, would go down, they weren't. And Aaron, his brother, came up and held his arms up so that he, so, so that he could keep his arms up. And in this, with trying to care for our church, but also trying to care for my family and me, I've had people that have come and held my arms up, and that has been, I can't, there's no way Jackie and I are going to be able to thank you guys for that. There's no way, but we so appreciate that love. Uh, just a quick thing around, just, just so you know how to care in the future, because in, in, in this season right now, because a lot of you have asked, I don't know what to do. I want to help. What do I do? There's three different things. It's clothing, food, and shelter, okay? The a lot of people run, ran to get clothing, and that's awesome because some people just needed clothing right off the bat. But what happens for us is, is like for us, we had our suitcases of just what we had in Spokane, but then um, we don't have a, a closet to put it in. We're staying at, Kathy Raven is, a, is an old friend of ours, and she's given us her place to stay for a, a month or two uh, while we look for long-term housing. 
but it still feels like you're borrowing somebody's house, and so we're still living out of our suitcase. We're not moving into a closet or into a, into a dresser or anything, and so there's really no place to put that clothing right now. So, but there are other people that really need it. So know that what I would suggest you do is talk to a place like Sister Carmen and ask them, what's the need right now? And they'll tell you. They'll tell you because they know. They've got their pulse on the people that need clothing right now, so talk to them. So clothing, food. Food, for some people, they just needed a hot meal, and I loved it how some of the community just started making hot meals on their front porch and said, come and get something. That's awesome. But then for others, they have a, they, insurance gives you a little bit of money up front, or at least ours does, and so you have a little bit to be able to, to pay for some, some, uh, some of the food costs right, right off the bat. And so for some, they need it. For others, they don't. And so just learn the story to know if, if that's a helpful, helpful thing. And shelter, the weird thing for all of us is we had to get to quick shelter. Most of us did. All of us that were displaced had to get to the, the short-term shelter. But we're kind of bracing for what we're being told could be two or three years before the house is built. And so now we got to figure out, is this going to be my home, this, shelter, this place, for the next couple of years? And so we got we to gotta put that together too. And so, um, so just know that that's kind of the, the field that we're, that we're in right now. And, and so then, so if I could tell you one thing to do, one thing, if you know somebody personally that's lost a home, when the ash settles and, and most people are going back to, the, to what they would call their, nor- their lives, approach them and say, Will you, I'm going to take you to Walmart <laughs> And we're going to fill half a basket, and then you're going to leave. <laughs> you don't need to get six baskets of stuff. You don't need to fill it all. I'm going to be there with you, take you through, fill a half a basket, and walk out. And say, tick off the box, one small victory. And Jackie and I, our slogan is, we're doing three small victories a day. <laughs> we're not going to try to tick ten things off, it's just three. So... I'll keep learning how we can support each other in this, and I'll keep telling you guys some different ways that you can do that, because I know every one of you guys are pouring out your hearts wanting to help people, and we so appreciate that. Let's go to rebuilding, because we got to get going. Um, This entire book, which, by the way, this is kind of funny. This is the first Bible I ever got, and and I happened to have left it on my desk at work, so I I still have it, so I I love that. Um, but, But this entire book, is a story of rebuilding. That God is, is going, it's a, you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come and God is rebuilding, but he's rebuilding the way he wants us to be. And so I know in, in the rebuilding for us, man, I know that the Lord has us. And I know that the Lord is working on rebuilding right now in our life. We know that. He's, he's given us people to help us in that rebuild. That, that place that we're staying in, Kathy Raven's place, her, her husband, Jim, was my mentor for 25 years, and his picture is still all over their place. He passed away a couple of years ago. And when I wake up in the morning at that place, I walk by Jim's picture, and Jim used to ask me every single time we met, how's your wife? How's your kids? Then how's your church? In that order, intentionally. And I feel like Jim is saying to me, every time I see that picture, take care of your wife in this rebuild right now. Take care of your children right now. Take care of them. And then take care of your church. And, and I'm going to need help from you guys to keep it in that, that, keep that priority list that, that way. 
you know I love you guys, and you know I will pour out everything I can to help us navigate these waters together, but I got to make sure it's, I keep the priorities the way they are, where, where I got to make sure my wife and I are really great, and then make sure my kids are good, and then we'll move to that together. The, the interesting thing about this, the house is we're digging through all the ashes, and, and we didn't find anything but a couple of mugs. And then Ray Donatucci, who was there to help, starts digging in this one spot, and he pulls up this thing. Chris, you can help me with that real quick. He pulls up. I mean, I'm telling you guys, we pulled out 15 badly shaped, badly uh, uh, melted mugs. That's all we've gotten in this entire thing. And then Chris, I mean, and, and Ray pulls, pulls this out of it. And then he pulls this out of it. And then this. And this. It's Jackie's grandma's nativity scene. <laughs> Yesterday, my, my little brother came into town too, and Tom found Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, it's a strange little Jesus. We need to put a diaper on that little guy. And it just reminded me, you guys, it reminded me of what we talked about at Christmas Eve for any of you guys that were here. At Christmas Eve, we said, I talked about this little yellow box and that God never intended for it to be in a corner. He says, open the thing up because I'm giving you hope in that box and I'm giving you peace in that box and I'm giving you joy in that box and I'm giving you love in that box. That this is Je Jesus has come to this earth and that God is present and I'm giving that to you. And I told you at Christmas Eve, I said, we will need it this next year. We're going to need hope in this next year. I said, we're going to need peace because some of you guys are going to go through things. I said this on Christmas Eve. You're going to go through things that are going to need the peace that only Jesus can give us. I said, you're going to need joy when you're going to have trouble finding that joy. I had no idea that I was talking about me. <laughs> but I felt like this crazy thing that we, just, we dug up it's just telling me, open the box. And that God is meeting us in this. And he's pouring out his love on us. And we're going to be okay. That we have that hope. There was one more passage in Romans 5. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance and patient endurance will refine our character, improving character leads us back to hope. And I love this line because this is more the way I would speak too. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This whole series that we were going to do, this next, this next one was, was around the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's going to do at Ascent. I got to admit, and we took this off of everything we did, we, we were gonna, part of what we were going to call the series was Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. 
so we're not going to do that. <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> gosh, I immediately told Beth, get it off of everything we have. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> God is here. His Holy Spirit is here. And he will, he will lift us up and our family is going to be okay. And he's going to lift up the Glab family and the Lee family. And he's going to lift up, lift up Jen and Ryan and every one of you that lost Brad and every one of you that lost a home. He's going to lift you up. And all of you that are going through all of what you're going through right now at the tail end of 18 months, or not even the tail end, in the heart of 18 months of all that's happened with COVID, he's going to lift us up. His spirit is here his presence is here, and we have to find hope in that. And if you're in the place like me, find a couple of small victories, okay? And then, and then we move on from there. Now, I want to finish with this because we have to get going. I got to tell you one really cool thing, really cool, okay? Because we have many victories, but we got one really big victory. <laughs> After... Um, after we just concluded we lost every picture and every video, and we've got nothing. <laughs> um, uh, my daughter Maggie had put together a video for me for Father's Day two years ago, 25 minutes of every highlight of all those videos <laughs> into a 25-minute Father's Day gift for me. And, um, and she, had, she put it on a hard drive, but we didn't we hadn't, we hadn't put it in the cloud. You guys, I am... Oh, I don't use the cloud. I need to. <laughs> but she put it on YouTube two years ago. But YouTube took it off because of the copyrights on the song that she chose. Because she was, she was being inspired by Kanye, who did it for Kim Kardashian, and she used that song. <laughs> Kanye is part of my story now. <laughs> It was, it was taken off of YouTube, and so she went back, and you can't call YouTube. Hey, YouTube, we need to fix this. She just looked and looked, couldn't figure it out, and finally she just put an appeal on this, this little thing, it just appealed the, the fact they took it off. And two nights ago, Maggie, Maggie and I are just looking at her computer. She goes back to her YouTube channel, and, she, and, and there's a little picture of Ella. And it says, you... We're going to let you have this video back for seven days, and then it's permanently, permanently gone. I immediately called Stuart and said, you're going to get a massive promotion if you get it, and you're fired if you don't. <laughs> but this is all we've got left <laughs> of any pictures. And we watched that 24 minutes and bawled, bawled that we actually had little pieces of gold in 15-second highlights for 24 minutes of our kids' childhood. And, uh, and so I thought, here's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, I had him just cut it down, and I'm not going to make you watch 24 minutes. <laughs> I should, I'm going to watch just a couple of minutes. This is the goal that we have, you guys. We are going to sing after this of the goodness of God. Believe it. God is good. God is with us. And God wants to care for us. And I felt like he reached out that two nights ago and said, I'm caring for you right now. So, Father, I'm going to pray that, that each one of us um, 
in the heart of all that's going on will, uh, will, will turn to you. And Lord, I know that every one of us will have different, different parts to this, and part of our journey will be frustration even with you, Lord. And part of it will be anger, and part of it will be, will be why me, and, and part of it will be why not me, and we'll, we won't know how to reach out and care, and, and we'll feel like we're, 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 we're falling short in that. God, meet us all in all of the stuff that every person in this room is carrying. Meet us all in it, Lord. We pray that you would and pour out your, your hope, your joy, your peace, and your love. Pour it out and that we would feel it and then respond to it in the way that we respond to everybody else. And God, truly, you have put this church in this position for this time to care for this community, not just those in this room, but everybody else out there. Show us, Lord, how we can bless this community. You are so good. And thank you, Lord, that when I am as weak as I, don't, I think I've ever been in my life, I have felt so strong in my faith in you and who you are. I, I am so thankful for that, Lord. You, are, you have met us, and you will continue to meet us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.